0: Let's not waste any more time, because I guess what? Last week, this next guy made his Daily Ticket debut, and I said it on air, and I would hate to say it, but I'm going to have to say it to him, uh, to his face, because it... It was the best Daily Ticket debut we've had on this station, and I 100% mean that. He's killing it for us on all things on The Gambler and over at com, doing a tremendous job. Tim O'Keefe joins us right now in the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt is Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Check him out online at drglatt.com, and be sure to follow Tim at T.O'Keefe1992. Timmy, I don't mean to gas you up like that, but damn, dude, you brought it, and uh, you actually picked some winners too. How about that,
1: <laughs> Sean? The stars aligned, and your words are so kind to do so. Like, I really appreciate it. Loved it last week, and looking forward to doing it more. And honestly, like, like obviously, we had some great stats that lined up last week and got us some winners. Obviously, it was our debut, and I got like, I get off the phone. I'm like, man, that went really well, and then I instantly start panicking. I'm like, man, I'm going to go zero for four, aren't I? Like, I know <laughs> that's going to happen, and obviously. Great news, did not happen. We had a winning night, three out of four, and I'm excited to get back to it. Glad to be here again.
0: Let's do it, Tim. And uh, Drexel alum?
1: Uh, I'm not a Drexel alum. I have some Drexel family in here, though. I, my mom's a dragon and my uncle's a dragon. Well, so, I apologize. I a Drexel alum.
0: That was a bad so, job no, by me. Where, where did you go to school at, Tim?
1: I was a, I'm a St. Joe's Hawk. So oh, wow.
0: You, you could come up here and slap me for that one. I apologize. The Hawk never dies. I don't know why I got that confused, but I do know that you have some, uh, nuggets on uh, the Drexel game. And we'll come back to the college hoops game, but I just want to say this. Yeah, you could slap me for getting your, your university wrong, your alma mater wrong. That's number one. Number two is, uh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on tonight's NBA games. I just want to point that out for the people. Look. Yes, March Madness is here. We're going to be all over for it, but there are other sports happening. Of course, six NBA games later today. We'll have Kilkenny on the show at 530, so we're going to be focusing on all the six games with him. But for Tim, he's got three plays on tonight's card, so let's not waste any time. Once again, that's T t O'Keefe, 1992 on socials, where you can find him there. So let's do it. we got three NBA games that you like. First game that you want to go to. It is a team that is really intriguing we just saw them play here uh, two nights ago in Philadelphia and I think it's good for the NBA that the, the New York Knicks are, are actually relevant again. Uh, tonight, they're five point favorites back at Madison Square Garden, taking on that. Man, they like to shake things up. Every time I say Orlando's about to lose a game, they come back and win a game. They're 13 and 28, 26 on the season. So nothing too crazy there, but, uh, they're catching five. They're on the road. 207 is your total there down from 209. Your opinion on this game tonight, Tim, is what?
1: Sure, Sean. So I'm going to stick with the theme that you had to open up the show with on the first four, where that total is at 207, like you just said. That is a low total for today's NBA. And whenever I see something jump out like that, like, well, we have to dig into why is this happening. So I did a little deep dive. Both of these teams are in bottom three of the league in points per game averaging. The Knicks are actually the slowest-paced team in the NBA. They're the only team in the league that averages under 99 possessions per game. Both of these, or excuse me then, Orlando is in the bottom three of this league in offensive efficiency, and the Knicks are top five in defensive efficiency. You get where I'm going here. I am loving the under in this game. Uh, If you made me call the game, I might have a slight lean towards the Knicks. I I don't want to go there. Let's go with the under. These two teams have met twice this season already, and while I know that 207 number is very low for today's NBA, it's not matching what they've already done. The two times they've played so far, it was a total of 196 when Orlando won 107 to 89, and then uh, earlier this season it was a 175 when the Knicks won 91 to 84. So even though this number's is at 207, I, this and that's way away from where these teams have already matched up twice this season. I'm liking the under 207, and honestly, if you want like a little long shot, I think it could go under 200. But just for the recommendation, is go with the under 207. And that's my, that's my best play of the night, I'll be, I'll
0: be honest with you. Starting now with my favorite one. All right. Well, that goes off at 7.30. Very good. And I, I tend to live by the words, which I don't know uh, where we would be at as far as our record is concerned. But when you see these totals and you see a 245, it's that number for a reason. Flip side, when you see an NBA total, as you just said, the lowest on the board at 207 this evening. I'll give you, for instance, the next total on the board is 225 at Oklahoma City and Atlanta, of course. It's that low for a reason. So, under on 207, I love it. Look for it to stay under 200. I I like where your mind is at on that one. All right, next up, play number 2 for the great Tim O'Keefe. You're joining us on a Thursday on The Daily Ticket. We're going to go to L.A. for the Lakers. Eight-point favorites at home hosting a really, really tricky Charlotte Hornets team. Again, a team that's been on the rise, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Tonight, Lakers, eight-point favorites, 224 now a half is your total in this one all the way down from 227 and a half it opened up last night so a three-point movement there tim o'keefe your opinion here is what
1: sure so we're actually gonna stick with the total again and like you said it's down to 224 and a half and it's trending that direction i'm actually going the other way here because i got some trends here with the hornets that are making me think that they're looking over uh so the last six games that the hornets were underdogs the game has gone over they are underdogs tonight like you just said The last ten games the Hornets have been on the road, the game has gone over. Out of their seven, they have seven. They've been on the back to back seven times this season in the second half of their back to backs, and five of those have gone over. So we got a lot of trends here for Charlotte that says they're going to go over. Looking on both sides now, bringing in the Lakers, the Lakers have averaged 123 points per game over their last three, and Charlotte's averaged 113. Obviously, you do the math there. That's coming out to an over. That's not what I really necessarily want to focus on. What I want to focus on is that the Lakers are playing at a faster pace recently. I believe that's due to Anthony Davis being out, and they're trying to figure out a different way to win if they've had a little more success. Like I said, the Lakers in their last three, 123 points per game, their season average is only 112. So they are scoring at a higher rate recently. And therefore, I like the over at 225, or excuse me, 224.5. And that might, that number might continue to go down, and I'm gonna, I'm going to wait it out a little bit. If it keeps going that way, I will still ride the over.
0: All right, well, we get our numbers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, other books could have them different, but I'm seeing 224.5, so I like the sound of that one. That's our nightcap. That's our last game of the evening at 10.30. All right, play number three for Tim O'Keefe. Where are we going on this one?
1: We are going to Atlanta, where the Hawks have been sneakily getting a little hot. You know, they've won six straight games, and they're 4-1-1 one, and one against the spread in that stretch. Hmm. The last three have been won by double digits, Granted, those were against some weak competition in Houston, Cleveland, and Sacramento, but uh, it's not like the Thunder are like, knocking their, like, destroying the world here. They are not the best team out there in the league, and therefore they're kind of mapping into what Atlanta's been doing, which is taking care of business against weaker teams. The Thunder are coming in injured into this one, with Darius Baisley and George Hill already being ruled out. Lou Dort is questionable as of the time I last saw it. All of those players are averaging actually like right around 12 points per game, so they're at least missing 24 points in production. And could be missing thirty six for on the Thunder side, uh, and when that happened on Tuesday, the Thunder got blown out by the Bulls by twenty one. And I think Atlanta's better than Chicago. Atlanta's going in the right direction. The Thunder are beat up and not in kind of treading water right now, I'm just hoping to get back. I'm am riding the Hawks and I'm laying a big number with the Hawks. Like you said, they're they are a seven point favorite as I last saw, as I last saw on DraftKings, but that number could have even shifted. Um, but I am I am comfortable laying the Hawks in the seven.
0: Hawks at 7. I'm loving it. All right, nice breakdowns all across the board on the NBA card. And again, three other games this evening. I'm really intrigued uh, with the rematch of the Pelicans and the Portland Trail Blazers, which was probably the game of the night two nights ago. Came down to the wire, and of course, Utah has my attention. Tonight, taking on the Washington Wizards. Wizards catching 11.5 at home. So we got a couple other games. We'll hit on all those with Kilkenny coming up here at 5.30. But... Tim O'Keefe is not a one-trick pony here. No. He's ready to get on over to the college basketball side of things. And, of course, we got the NCAA tournament first for today. Not talking about those games. But Tim did a deep dive on some numbers and, and, and dug up some trends. And he asked me to phrase it this way. What makes a champion? And I love that. So Tim O'Keefe, some things that you were digging up for this year's March Madness tournament that officially tips off tomorrow uh, at noon. And oh, by the way, we got the Drexel game versus Illinois on our airwaves right here at about one ten tomorrow. We'll get you covered. Our start coverage starts at noon tomorrow. I look forward to that. But Tim McKeefe, you got a couple things that you would say makes a champion? Please explain.
1: Sure, Sean. So looking back over the last ten to twelve years, depending on these stats, a few of them vary. There's a couple of clear signs that really align with what a champion is, and it helps you kind of as you're picking out your brackets not to overthink it. Uh, Over the last 10 years, eight of the champions have been top six in the coaches' poll at the end of the regular season, and the only two exceptions both times were those UConn teams that won. So if you exclude UConn, this stat has actually been eight for eight, uh, excluding the Huskies. Wow. So those top top six coaches' poll teams are Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, Michigan, Alabama and Houston. So those are six teams that are very popular picks already. But it's just helping you kind of don't overthink it. You don't have to force yourself to be out there. It's history says it's probably going to end up being one of these six teams out of the coaches' poll.
0: One of the six teams out of the coaches' poll. And uh, one more time, repeat those again.
1: Sure. It is Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, Michigan, Alabama, and
0: Houston. All right. So and I understand like, they that- yeah, you got all yeah, oh, four. They're, they're all the four one seeds, and then two out of the the, the uh, top two uh seeds as well. The only two that we're missing there, obviously, are Iowa and Ohio State. And to be honest with you, Joe Lunardi, speaking of St. Joe's, he said that uh, he feels like Oral Roberts could shoot him out in that first round. Believe it or not, two versus fifteen, and uh, Iowa. I know a lot of people are believing in Iowa. Me, and eh, not so much. But that is intriguing, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So then building off of that, another similar stat. And again, I'm not trying, like, these are not shocking. Like, I, we just named a bunch of one seeds and some two seeds. They're not sure. shocking information. That is just helping you. Don't overthink it. And using a similar stat, we're using ESPN's BPI basketball mix, which I think everyone's probably seen flash across the bottom of their screens at some point in their life. And another stat over the last 12 years, again, excluding just those two UConn teams, this, that data has been perfect. So 10 out of 12. Of the the championship teams have ranked in the top three of the BPI at the end of the season at, on ESPN. Those teams right now are Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. Now those Ooh. stats can still change; like the stat is at the end of the tournament, but we're not going to see that large of a shift. The only other teams that are really in striking distance are Illinois, Iowa, who you just mentioned. So we have our first variant from our prior one, and then Michigan.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, it's that's to pick the winner. That's who's going to ultimately get the job done. But I think we can go ahead and extrapolate and say that the you, these teams again, don't overthink it. I love the way that you phrased it could make a run. These are the teams that could go uh, in a long run here in the tournament. So, with that being said, I mean, those are teams that I already have going. A matter of fact, Houston, I absolutely love against Cleveland State. That game uh, is going off on uh, Friday, I believe, seven 20 points. Don't give a damn. I'm ready to see Houston win by about 40. I love Alabama. Baylor, I thought, would have beaten Gonzaga earlier this year. And Gonzaga, you know, to me, is their best team in franchise or And program history. So I got Gonzaga cutting down the nets. I just could not pick against them. And oh, by the way, they essentially already beat everybody in their region. And uh, look, when you're the number one overall seed, you get those sort of gifts. So I think the committee did them a huge favor with that. But talking to Tim O'Keefe, he gave us some NBA plays, gave us some NCAA inside research there. I like that. Two gems, if I may. Uh, do you have one more on the tournament, Tim?
1: I do, Sean. And this one's actually, I kind of saved the best for last for these little nuggets that we're talking through. Bring it. So there's this, there's an analytics platform in college basketball called Ken Palm. And one of the stats that these tournament experts really focus on is called Adjusted Defensive Efficiency. And what that means is it's looking at points that teams allow per 100 possessions. And then this analytics pro, uh, platform, they add a scaler to adjust for who they're playing. Now, over the last 12 years, it is perfect that teams in the t- – the champion has been a top 20 team in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. That includes those UConn teams that we were talking about. So even those long shots, this metric actually has captured them in the last 12 years. And now what I'd like to dive into, Mm -hmm. we got a couple of teams that are popular picks to win it that are actually outside that efficiency. So let's talk through those. Uh, Number coming down the list at 22 is Oklahoma state, which I know at the books is a pretty heavy favorite for what they should be to be a force to cut down the net. They fall just outside the deficiency. Then the most popular one that's in this uh, list, Baylor, is at 44. So they are outside of this range of what you could pick. So Baylor, if you're taking the Bears, I'm not saying. Look, of course they could win. It's March. Anything can happen. Sure. This metric, this metric says eh, maybe maybe double check it. Um, And the next one is aligning with your uh, instinct earlier on Iowa. Iowa comes in at 50. I then know at the Gambler, we have some West Virginia fans. West Virginia comes in at 65, so this is not (laughs) helping them out. Uh, And then lastly on this list is Ohio State at 79. So that might, if you picked one of those teams, those are all uh, pretty heavy favorites that people are potentially taking to win the title. Maybe just double-check it. Really check your gut to make sure you're confident in that pick.
0: You know, you did just really strike a chord with me because – To me, even though we've seen them win good games, like that West Virginia Road victory, Baylor, to me, and they've owned Ohio, Oklahoma State over the past like week or so, uh, two times in fact. I just couldn't pick against them, but I definitely did not want to have Baylor making it all the way through. First of all, I don't believe in Ohio State on the flip side, so I couldn't have them getting to the Final Four. Definitely don't. Uh And then Baylor, like I said, it gets Hartford. I have to take them there, of course, 1-16. versus 16. And then they could have possibly have a matchup versus UNC or Wisconsin. I have UNC, but UNC, they don't have the guards to match up versus Baylor, in my opinion. So I just feel like it was... You know, that was the best team. And could they be upset? And then possibly, could they? Purdue, I'm not really high on Purdue. A lot of people are. I have Villanova beating Purdue, actually. I do. So, you know, I'm expecting that to go wrong. I kind of went a little contrarian there because everybody's picking against Jay Wright. Uh, but still, so I, I just feel like out of the fact that I didn't believe in anybody else, I had Baylor advancing to the Final Four. We'll see, though. I mean, like you said, it's March. Anything is possible, but I do like the idea of avoiding those teams.
1: Yep, and Sean, just, again, I'm agreeing with you, and any good statistician will tell you this. I'm just here sharing the stats that we found and everything that's come through. Stats, like records, are meant to be broken. So, Jessica, if you end up picking Baylor to go far, You certainly could be right. We're just here to share information to make everyone – Sure. Allow everyone to make the best decision possible.
0: Well said. Well said. All right. uh, Let's go ahead and close up shop then with a little something on Drexel. Now, I apologize. I thought – you were a Drexel alum, not no disrespect to our favorite dragons out there, but how dare I say somebody that spent time on Hawk Hill went down there to UC? Right, that's where Drexel is in University City, correct? I believe it is. Anyways,
1: that that, that, that is correct. Huh. Look, it, obviously, like we we have talked plenty over these last couple months, and this is your first big slip up. <laughs> ready to let this one go? Nice. But I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm gonna have to sleep. I'm gonna sleep with like. Not sleep well tonight. I guess. <laughs> but we're gonna get
0: through. We're gonna get through. All right, Jansen's here. He'll have to take out the and give me some lashes on my wrist or something like that. But let's go ahead and uh, hear this little thought process on Drexel because, of course. Tim, 139-1 versus uh, the one, or one seed versus 16. Sure, we saw it happen a couple years ago against Virginia. A little fluky. This Illinois team, for some, and I kind of agree with it, the best team as far as right now as we speak, rolling into the tournament, playing their best basketball. You saw what they did at Michigan with Ohio the sumo, uh The masked Mamba, as everybody is calling them right now, one of the best players in college basketball. Uh, they're really deep. Did they need a little something extra in that Big Ten tournament? Sure, but still, we're talking about Drexel. 22-and-a-half, though. I'd like to focus on that. Are you about to tell us that maybe Drexel at 22-and-a-half is, is the play? That's
1: a, Sean, that's what I'm going to try to break down. Again, with you, I'm not going to be able to say, hey, let's, as much as I'm going to be rooting for the Dragons, I'm not going to be able to say, hey, take them outright. You just laid out the numbers on 16 versus 1 outright. But you're right. Let's go to that 20-point-plus spread. So, of the last... Four, five of the last, excuse me, four of the last five times that a sixteenth seed has been a 20 point underdog in the tournament, they have covered the number, and one of those includes the UMBC that everyone's going to want to pick again uh, this year to find that 16. They won outright, but four of the last five times that a sixteenth seed has been a 20 point dog, they've covered. Granted, that's really last tournament, and then it's over the last two tournaments that occurred, but that's a trend that's in Drexel's favor for this. Also, and now this stat, I'll say take it with a grain of salt, and as you will. Drexel has only been a 20-point dog five times since 2000, and they are 3-2 in that time. So, again, is that going to be directly related to this Drexel team? Potentially not, but, hey, we've got the Dragons on this gambler coming up. Let's look for some stats before Drexel to see how they could potentially get this cover against Illinois. Going now to some maybe more relevant stats that people are looking for, uh, Drexel has covered four straight games, and their seven of their last ten. And another action, if you can't pull yourself to play the Dragons outright, both teams have gone over in six of their last nine games. So that could be a potential play as well.
0: Wow. All right. Well, there's some nugs right there on that game. We're excited to have it on our airwaves. Of course, Drexel in Illinois. No stream though. Just so everybody knows only AM, FM, and HD2, uh, because NCAA copyright, uh, reasons. So we can't stream the game, but you will be able to catch the game. Of course, we got Rob Brooks from Drexel on the call. Can't wait to hear uh, what it sounds like. And, you know, fingers crossed we have ourselves a pretty good second half, and who knows if it's a 10-point game and with 10 minutes to go in a second half, anything is possible. As Tim said a number of times throughout the course of this hit, it's March. Uh, the, this is where the madness happens. So we're happy to have the game on our airwaves. And who knows? Maybe we're talking about a second round game, uh, for, for, uh, Drexel. Just so everybody knows, we have had a meeting about when that game would take place and who would produce it on the airwaves. So I just want to say we are ready if they do hit up the, that, that upset versus Illinois. Tim, great stuff as usual, man. Fantastic job joining us here on a Thursday, getting us ready for both NBA and NCAA. Uh, who do you have Stop. cutting down the nets on your bracket?
1: Uh, so, Sean, this is now the perfectly mistimed question. Uh, I, I have Illinois. Um, so that was uh, unfortunately misaligned, but I do have one last quick Drexel fun fact. Bring it. Can, yep. Okay, so as we know, Coach Zach Spiker and Drexel coached an Army before Drexel, and there are only three coaches in Army program history. to have been 65 games. In I got two. Five.
0: I got two. Bob Knight and Coach got- K. And who's the third? So the
1: third, sir, is Coach Zach Spiker of Drexel. I was going to say, is it him?
0: Wow! Wow! So
1: let's hope. Let's hope that coaching experience comes down where he's aligned with Coach K and Bob Knight, and he could pull out that
0: upset against Illinois tomorrow. Look at you, Tim O'Keefe! Fantastic job bringing it. I love our Thursday hits. I'm locking you in. Just so you know, 4:30 on Thursday is your time. Uh, so this is fantastic, Tim. We'll continue to read you at PhillyInfantry.com. You had a great post up actually at FoxPHLGambler.com. We'll tweet that out right now from our, from our, uh, our Twitter page. Tim laid out a bunch of rules that you be, should be paying attention to before you fill out your brackets. So you still have time. Hell, ESPN, I think you can enter 25 brackets. Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. They're begging for somebody to pick yeah. a perfect bracket, even though that's zero chance of ever happening. Still, uh, read at foxphlgambler.com. Tim will keeps peace and then get on over to ESPN.com to fill out a bracket. Tim, great stuff as usual, man. We'll connect next week, but good luck on your plays and, uh, good luck on the, uh, madness, my friend. Great stuff as usual, though.
1: Thank you, Sean. Much appreciated. Good luck to you as well. Talk to you next
0: week. There he is, Tim O'Keefe. Nice work there by T. O'Keefe1992.